0: Hello everyone and thanks for joining us on this episode of Swim Upstream, a podcast devoted to engineering team leads and dev tool enthusiasts. I'm Tom, co-founder of Swim, and today we're talking with Tamar Berkovich. Tamar has a PhD in computer science from the Technion, which she finished while working as a software engineer at XMPi, an Israeli startup that was bought by Xerox. She then started working for Box as a senior software engineer and has gone through several managerial roles until reaching her current role as VP of engineering. During that time, she saw Box growing from less than 300 employees to more than 2,000. She's also responsible for several groundbreaking patents in cloud computing and appeared in several top people in tech lists over the past few years. Hi, Tamar. We're excited to have you on. Thanks for coming to speak with me today.
1: Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, we have an interesting set of questions for you today and we'll jump in, but we'll start with uh, some regular questions that we have. Uh, So uh, we take coffee very seriously uh, at SWIM. Um, And uh, uh, some of you might not see this, but Tamal had a a cup of coffee uh, just a moment ago uh, with her. Uh, So to start things off, if you could have coffee anywhere, Uh, Not necessarily the room you are. Where would that be this morning?
1: Clearly, coffee with you is what I'm having. This is (laughs) why would I be anywhere else?
0: Okay, that's uh, that's that's the first that we've heard that, and that's a big (laughs) that's a big compliment. So thank you very much for that. Um, So and 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 moving to a different subject, Uh, Mm -hmm. this past year and a half, you know, have been mostly focused on adjusting to the new realities of of COVID-19. So what's one thing you learned to live without that surprised you since this started?
1: It's definitely been a a strange and interesting year for all of us, I think. Um, I learned to uh, live without separation from my children during the (laughs) workday. I remember (laughs) when this, we we have two young children and uh, when this started and we were all thrown together, it very much felt like survival mode, um, and I, I was proud that we had survived the first few days and, and everyone was uh, still alive and we still had our jobs. Um, but it's been it's been interesting, sort of. Going through that process, being more intentional about how we set things up and how we give ourselves the right structure. I think a few months in, I realized I was still sitting on a, on a dining room chair in a hallway, and I was like, this is very short-term thinking. <laughs> um, so I, I I put in motion a consoli- a child consolidation plan, so I moved them both into the same room, um, which gave me a home office, but now it's shared with my daughter. And so I, I just think it's, it's sort of... Um, when you expect that it's going to happen, you, you think about how to set things up so that everyone has their own space. And, um, now all of my coworkers, uh, know my children and vice versa. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been an interesting, yeah, an interesting year, but I think there's something positive about it too. But don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very much waiting for them to go back to school and you know, we each have our own space back, but uh, I think it's been an interesting process
0: okay and i think long-term thinking might be a theme of this conversation but we'll we'll wait and see um okay so uh could you please describe what you do at box now um without using using your title
1: yeah um uh my daughter would say i talk all day which is probably true uh but I, i think um what i do is make sure that all of my teams uh, are aligned around you know, a direction, like what are we shooting for, what are we trying to solve for, and making sure that that is something of value uh, that is impactful to our business, um, making sure that the, the team is structured and resourced in a way that enables them to accomplish those goals, um, and then... Investing in in building a healthy team, right? Like, how do we have a good culture? How do we um, invest in good collaboration? Um, how do we support and in, the individuals and their growth path? Because I, I think the sort of having a having a an impactful direction that you're excited about, you know, the the resources you need to get there and a team that you want to be on that journey with, like that's that's what we do as leaders, I think. And so that's some combination of all of those is is what I spend my time on. Um, some of it very short-term tactical, some of it more long-term strategic, but like ultimately it tends to fall in, in those three buckets.
0: I wonder, um, so some of the people hearing this uh, might be team leaders, directors, uh, like mid, mid-management. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if... If you could help them understand uh, their own VP engineering better, what, 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 what's like one thing that you would tell them to take into account?
1: I think for all of us, we're, wherever we are, um, whatever level we're at, thinking about the broader problem. And how you fit in within that broader problem is, is always a good idea, because otherwise you're, you're narrowing your perspective too much, right? So sometimes you might not see that there's actually a more interesting opportunity um, if you sort of look a little bit sideways of, of where your team is right now. Maybe that requires taking on a new area. Maybe it requires collaborating with a, with another team, but um, you, you sort of need to stretch your thinking to, to think more broadly um, uh, than your current scope, but then also understanding that Whoever may be managing that scope does not have the the unique insight that you have on your team. So you are always better informed on what's happening on your team than anyone above you. And so you need to be stretching your thinking, thinking broadly, but then leveraging the insight that you have, proposing what you think we should do. Um, and not sort of going to, um, your manager at whatever level to make the decision for you. Like they'll tell you if they have an insight that differs from yours or if there are other constraints that they're looking at. But, um, I, I think seeing, you know, what is the highest leverage that your team can deliver within a broader context than what you technically own, I think is how I would want everyone on my team to operate. Uh, and I, I think that's how you get that, that leverage and that insight, um, And that also enables, if you get that from the people that report to you, now you have a a better view of what's actually happening. Everyone is thinking more broadly with more of that ownership mindset. Um, uh, And then you can sort of help influence and guide at your level.
0: Amazing. That's like a uh, one-minute mid-management course. (laughs) That's that's great. Um, Okay. So um, you've seen I mentioned this before, you've seen Box growing at a fast rate for, for a, a long time and being almost 10 times what it was when you joined. And uh, so y- you've, you've hired a lot of new engineers. Um, and sometimes uh, uh, you manage them directly, sometimes as a senior manager. And uh, wh- what have you been doing to help develop new developers reach their full potential as quickly as possible?
1: Yeah, that's always a an, an interesting challenge. You know, you you get excited about bringing a new person in, and then how do you set them up to be successful? Um, and I mean, we're still iterate, iterating on this. I think as a as a as an engineering organization, we've gotten better. You know, when I when I joined, I I got like a printed out page of information that I was supposed to work off of that had multiple mistakes in it, and and I was <laughs> I was pretty nervous because it was you know my. <laughs> First day at this new job, and you know what can I ask? Um, and is this going to be a silly question? You know, all all new hires have these challenges, so we've we've definitely um, in, invested more in our onboarding experience since then. Uh, in a way, I think it's almost more important to onboard as a member of the team, uh, uh, and so trying to connect to the culture, how we do things, what are, what's expected of you, and then connecting to the actual humans that you work with because. Um again, creating as much of that environment for being able to ask questions and get insight and get input, um, uh, I think is is a big differentiator in, in onboarding success. and you know there's a lot of difference between people. Some people feel more comfortable going in and, and asking questions and being overly confident um, and and others are are maybe a bit more, um, nervous and worried and so trying to put some structure around that like we do pretty standard things like having um uh new hire mentors and and having a buddy system
0: another thing that happens and this is another focus point for us um particularly when teams grow or and when uh the code becomes more and more complex and then its modules become you know more and more complex themselves and so on Knowledge silos are uh, created and then uh, are broken. So, uh, like, th- there are two aspects here that are interesting uh, 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 to hear from you. One is how do you feel about knowledge silos? Are they a bad thing uh, or not necessarily? And uh, once you decide to break a knowledge silo, how do you go about doing that?
1: Clearly, knowledge silos are problematic, especially if they're siloed to an individual person or a very small number of people, because then if that person, you know, walks out the door to their next adventure or, or is just out for a period of time, like you you don't want to have, I I like to um, think of teams as systems, right? So you don't want to have a single point of failure in your system. Having said that through that same systems lens, you do want to have separation of concerns. And so I think sometimes you can get I've definitely made the mistake in the past of trying to say, "Hey, we don't want to have silos," so now everything, needs, everyone needs to know everything, um, and and that is also limiting because it, it it stops. As you grow, you'd sort of need to find that right point where you can let people specialize a little bit and 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 sort of um, be able to go deeper in a particular area, and then maybe they don't have to know as much about about other things so that they can focus more. So it's it sort of you start from a very um generalist team where everyone kind of knows a little bit of everything. And then as you grow, you have more people to focus. You also have bigger challenges that require more focus. So it, it's sort of a process of of some some to some degree specializing over time. I feel like I learned this sort of in a reverse situation. Um, I one of the First projects I worked on at Box was was with together with um, the first engineer that had been hired at Box, and uh, we had partnered on a sort of evolving this system that he had originally built himself. Um, and towards the end of this project, he he moved to to work on something completely different, and he sort of uh, had this moment where he came to me and he said, "Tamar, uh, this is my baby. You now own this baby. Um, uh, good luck." And from that point on, it was it was very impressive. Any question that he got he w- would not answer he would reroute that person to me but he told me i could ask him as many questions as i wanted and so oh, he sort please. of forced like the 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 um he forced the organization to reorient to talking to me which already is a big difference right if you're if you're the person that knows the most about something and you're always going to answer all the questions and everyone's always going to go to you then you're also building up more of a perspective through that process of talking to people and understanding their questions and engaging with them. And so he sort of forcefully like rerouted that to me, but then provided me support so he didn't leave me hanging. And I thought that was such a, such a good pattern.
0: Yeah. It sounds like an excellent uh, methodology. Um, It it sounded like um, you approached the issue of when knowledge silos are bad through the lens of risk. Right, uh, like business risk, um, is is that a good approach uh, to understand if if the if the knowledge silo that was created is actually damaging or might be damaging?
1: Good question. I think it's it's um, it can manifest in both ways. So there's sort of yeah, the risk one that I that I described maybe on sort of knowledge being concentrated to to too small of a number of people, but there's also um other instances where knowledge silos just slow you down where you do actually have a larger number of people that that need um this information the way things are set up right now and then if it's concentrated in too few people then that that just becomes a bottleneck there is something though about you you want to cultivate having some sort of uh, almost like organizational historians where they know They've been around for a while. I acknowledge I'm one of those at, at Box, but they, thankfully there's there's others um, where they can sort of give that context on like, how did we end up where we ended up? Like, why, why are we here? Uh, what choices did we try? And it's not that we can't redo them. Like, perhaps some of the constraints are no longer correct or some of the goals are no, no longer correct. So we absolutely should be rethinking and reevaluating past choices. But but also not just repeating them without that context, and so I think having having um, some of those people that can that can contribute um, uh, to conversations and inform on sort of past choices is is very valuable as well.
0: Okay, so uh, you know um, if if you have an idle knowledge cycle you need to break, uh, or a methodology that needs fixing, or uh, an onboarding plan that needs creation, or other situations where Um, you know you're trying to create new habits or trying to install new procedures this can be painful but also it's necessary so you know how do you how do you deal with uh you know with specifically with engineers that you know sometimes don't appreciate change how -hmm. how do you deal with those uh, challenges
1: well i think um um Engineers in general, we like to solve for leverage. Most of us don't like to repeat the same thing ad nauseum. So, um, and that's often the time where it's it's right to invest in something. Like if you're only onboarding one person a month, maybe it's fine to have that be a, a custom hand-holding process. But if all of a sudden you're onboarding, you know, five people a week, then it's gonna get tired really. Uh, uh, really fast. Um, and so I think what we try to do is assuming you're going to have a, um, sort of a manual first instantiation, see if you can record it, write it down, document it in some way that we can then iterate on. Um, Every so often you'll have a more specific effort around, you know, let's create, um, uh, more of an, an onboarding artifact or a training artifact. And you, you set that as the goal in and of itself. I think some people like to work on those things more than others. So there's also an element of like finding, finding, uh, the, the teachers on your team. Um, but I do think all of us, no matter who we are, like we're already, we're, we're always onboarding, answering questions, um, uh, doing things like that. And so giving, giving the team the tools where they can sort of put in their insights and then have that be referenceable by the next person and then empowering everyone to edit those, like making that not precious. So um, like we've, we've uh, experimented with, um, you know, everything from like obviously code documentation and confluence pages and whatnot to um, uh, leveraging things more like a uh, stack overflow with like questions and answer format, um, knowledge repositories, um, recordings of, of talks and presentations Creating a, a place where if I'm doing this once, can I make it so that it can be reusable the next time? And then for the next person, can they be empowered to go in and edit it um, gives sort of that iterative process.
0: And so so the last question for today, I guess, uh, would, you know, and, and, and this is a good segue is, you know, what what's like the, the, the best thing uh, to keep engineering teams happy and motivated?
1: I mean, I, I think it's back to, to um, when you ask me what I do, right? I think all of us want, um, and I include myself in, in this, right? We want to work on interesting, meaningful challenges um, with an opportunity to sort of grow and develop our individual skills um, and with a team that we like that we, the people that we like working with, um, uh, not necessarily like as best friends. Like, I think that's not, that's not a scalable concept, but, but being a part of a good team where, you know, um, uh, you're going to come together to deliver the value and you're going to support each other in that process and support each other as humans. I think that's what we're looking for. And so I think, uh, happy engineers, um, again, they, they, they need to understand why the work they're doing is valuable. Like it needs to matter. It needs to be relevant to to what we're building in the business. Uh, and that's one of the main ways that I think managers can, because at any level, right, we need to contextualize how is what we're doing important. And if and if it isn't, then that's a different problem that you also need to solve, right? You, you need to make sure your team is working on something important that they know why. Um, and then uh, being able to take on bigger challenges and and grow and develop and and having a good environment to do that within. So I think that's. A hard, a hard uh, mix, but also what we're all, I think, striving to create uh, for our teams.
0: And it also uh, closes uh, the circle from the start of our conversation very well. So thank you. Um, that's all the time we have for today. Tomorrow, thanks again for coming. Thank you very much. It was fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And I hope you join us for our next episode. To find additional episodes and full transcripts, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, find us on our community page at m.io. Bye for now.